some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. Bergenworth is an old place of learning, and the tomb of the gods, carved out below Yarnum, should be familiar to every hunter. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Jeremy Greer. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a hunter's favorite. Yes, and this week, this is the first episode where we're talking about Chalice Dungeons, the Thumerian Labyrinth. And as you heard, we are joined by Jeremy Greer, the uh, the author and curator of Dark Souls Haters, uh, the Tumblr, where uh, he collects Dark Souls and Bloodborne-related hate messages, uh, and uh, also not ECEC on YouTube. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Cole. Hey, Gary. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is your second time being back and not on the PvP circuit. I was trying so. to count. I think this might be the third, because you did oh. Demons, we've oh. done Dark Souls 2, and then mm-hmm. we did, now this is Bloodborne, right? So this is yeah. the third. Yeah, look at that. I was I was thinking about that earlier today. I think this is my fifth episode of Bonfireside Chat, which wow. I don't know. I think that gets, puts gets, me up there. That, that, gets me, that is a gets me an award of some kind. <clears throat> yeah, that that is you are the most frequent guest. We've had we definitely <laughs> nice. have not had anyone on five times before. No. You're definitely the most frequent guest. Oh look at that. Um we'll, we'll have to rectify <laughs> that in the future. Your, your your numbers are coming up, Murph. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so so people are not familiar, uh Dark Souls haters is what it says on the tin. Like, it is a collection of Dark Souls hate mail, but Dark Souls being a hard game uh, inspires the worst in people <laughs> when they are young and want to call people terrible names for beating them at it. And uh, and, and you uh, you put all those in one easy, readable place. <laughs> so Absolutely. We, uh, we're the home of all of the homophobic, sexist, horrible language that you could ever possibly want to read in one place unless you're going to go to, like, some other site, I guess. I don't know. The Internet's <laughs> full of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but all of ours is specifically related to souls. I started it a few years back when I was getting a lot of hate mail just for playing a magic character in Dark Souls 1. Like, <laughs> people were calling me the worst names, so... Um, fortunately enough, Bloodborne doesn't seem to have that kind of audience. I don't, I don't know if it's a, uh, difference of gaming systems. Like primarily a lot of our stuff came from the Xbox and not the PS3, but I just don't have a lot of Bloodborne hate mail on the site right now. I'm still getting Dark Souls hate mail. So people are still (laughs) out there hating, (laughs) just not in Bloodborne. (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering whether, um, you know, I imagine the blog would change a little bit because something that I've noticed is that in Bloodborne PVP in general, like the community, I've said this a couple times on the show, but PVP is kind of de-emphasized. Like I don't see a lot of the community uh, focusing on PVP, you know, a lot of fight clubs and stuff. I still see people going back to Dark Souls 2 a lot for yep. that stuff um, online. And that would obviously impact what you do because uh, PVP is where the majority of your stories come from. Like you don't get people who come in who are just like sending messages to From calling the archers, <laughs> you know, the F word. <laughs> If, uh, yeah, so it's, if from it's would give me access to their email account, I would definitely post every single one of those messages. <laughs> and uh, and occasionally I do go on the uh, official Facebook page whenever there's a big announcement, like when they oh. announced Dark Souls 3 or uh, the Scholar of the First Sin edition. Like that was the big one, Scholar of the First Sin, because people kept thinking they were gouging for money or, you know, whatever the phrase was. So I'll go on Facebook and pull comments from that just where people say horrible things on there. But again, but why didn't most you balance it, the great sword animation? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that is, is just hilarious to me. So <clears throat> that's what the site is. Though. I mean, come by and just don't let your children read it. Has uh, has running that site for about three years now, like taken any kind of toll on you? 
Not really. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty immune to that kind of one. I mean, I, I grew up on the internet. Like, I was on the internet when I was 10. So, yeah. like, <laughs> the the concept of bad language on the internet really doesn't phase me too much. Um, it has been eye-opening in some cases of, I guess, just being on Tumblr um, and just kind of learning how Tumblr is about what the things that you can say versus the things you can't. Even when you're quoting people, you'll still get in trouble for it. Uh-huh. Um, but a majority, a majority of the people that follow the blog and communicate with me on a regular basis have been very, very cool. So... Yeah, no, very cool. And one of the one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on uh, this episode is because you are very active on our Facebook page, and uh, I knew that you have definitely uh, done your your chalice dive. Um, I have twice, actually. This was for this episode was my third time through these particular dungeons that we'll oh, talk wow. about today. Yeah, so. not everybody, not everybody does them because as as this will these episodes will be a little bit weird, and um, we're planning on doing three of them, and um, to cover all of the chalices because they are a huge part of the game by by chronological real estate. Like you're going to spend a lot of time here if you're going to do them. But one of the weird things is that they're so optional. Um, you know, many people will go through the entire game probably without ever touching them. Um, so the, we're going to kind of talk about the mechanics and uh, in this episode and kind of explore the beginning depths of, of Chalice. And that's self-serving um, partly because we haven't been, you know, been through them yet. I know I can, I can speak for Cole to a degree that like he and I both don't have tons of Chalice experience. Um, I messed around with them a little bit, but then bounced off and then I'm just now kind of going back for the show. So I've not completed all of the Chalice Dungeons. Um, I've completed most of them on my first character, but yeah. you know, died because they get hard. Um, <laughs> they are and, super hard at the end. Yeah, yeah they, they get they get unreasonable yeah. um, fairly quick. Uh, and then the other thing is that uh, people who know the Chalice Dungeons know that some kind of late game bosses show up and it felt weird to us to explain talk about them inside chalices before we talk about them in their actual context right so like we don't want to you know say like oh when you fight you know solaire the son of the the moon lord um you know in the chalice dungeon it is not uh it's not the same thing as when you talk to him in the uh you know spiders uh god the spider yeah spider's gullet yeah spider's gullet Sounds like someone's been reading my Dark Souls fan fiction site. (laughs) Well, we're trying to get the word out. You deserve recognition for your work. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who invented the spider's gullet deserves more internet fame than you have. (laughs) So anyway, uh, yeah, so we're talking about chalices here. Yeah. Um, These are optional content, and um, they're also super mysterious. Like in the announcements leading up to them, nobody really knew uh, what they were. And I think that even until the guide came out, people didn't understand kind of the entire scope uh, of how they worked. I think there were a lot of misconceptions leading into them. Absolutely. Like if if you... uh, one thing you can take from these episodes on the Chalice Dungeons is if you're interested in the Chalice Dungeons and you are on the side of people who are like, oh, the guide isn't a good value. It doesn't have enough stuff. Like the guide is really, really valuable for the Chalice Dungeons because there are a lot of weird kind of hidden mechanics mm-hmm. in there, like weird curses and and special things that can happen that are, you know, kind of enumerated in the guide and uh, that are very, very obtuse in the actual game. Yeah. And there's so the also guy, unique loot, unique enemies, unique bosses. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of unique content that just doesn't occur in the main game for for better or for worse. I think it's for worse. I wish that some of those some of those items and enemies had been included in the main game, but you know, you take what you can get. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and knowing where to find that stuff and where to hunt it down and stuff. So the, the essentially the guide chapter in the or the uh, Chalice Dungeon chapter in the guide is like super useful. Yeah. And we're going to, you know, present some of these basics about this to make it feel a little bit more uh, approachable. I know that I 
just like most from software game mechanics at first blush, um, had a lot of trouble getting into it because I didn't know the size and scope of what I was getting into. Like, for example, did you know that they are not all randomly generated? <laughs> um, yeah, like because I didn't when I went into this, I, I kind of thought that everything was randomly rolled, but uh, totally not the case. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. People were like, oh, it's like Binding of Isaac but for Bloodborne. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't uh, <laughs> care anymore. But the, uh, it, it, it's not that. And mm-hmm. and the ones that are not randomly generated actually do fit into the story, which is something that I didn't know for a while either. Right. Because the ways in which it fits the story and the ways in which it ties into the lore um, are very obscured. When you were talking about kind of bouncing off of them earlier, I think part of it, could be and i could just be speaking for myself uh here but they are like a little tedious yep they are absolutely like, tedious <laughs> yeah like they, this is not so the, the way that and we'll do our kind of final wrap up on on what we think of chalice dungeons at the end and but as kind of a preview like i'm glad they're there mm-hmm. i think that anyone who argued that they're the strongest content in bloodborne would be insane like th- this is this is some of the worst like the chalice dungeons as a whole are probably my least favorite area in the game It's one of those weird things that if you would ask me of like, you know, what would Dark Souls, what would a Souls game be like if you took away all of the story elements and the kind of atmospheric storytelling? But would it still be a good game? I would have said absolutely. Yeah. And it is. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, It's (laughs) not kind of moving as good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's a little bit like a monkey's paw wish because we talk a lot about the mechanics and how satisfying all of it is, but the mechanics laid bare while satisfying, they lack kind of the the higher motivation than just in the moment survival. And part mm-hmm. of it is also just variety too. So like you're using those mechanics, um, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time on any one of these given dungeons where you have kind of one enemy set and a limited set of rooms. And you're just going to spend a lot of time there, like longer than you would spend in, say, like Old Yarnum. Mm-hmm. So, like in the main game, even in a very large area, it's difficult to get bored. Here, it seems like it's just easy to get a little bit bored yeah. um, with what you're doing. And I know later it kind of uh, tempers that with insane challenge. So it's no longer boring. It's just kind of <laughs> monotonously hard and like monotonous monotonously entertaining was what i was about to say that's, that's an oxymoron uh, but it feels kind of right i don't know that sounds like something out of a brave new world yeah yeah exactly the uh so how do, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how these do fit into the uh the lore yeah well all the terrible stuff that happened to yardam it had to come from somewhere yep yeah and it, it did not come uh from without it came actually from checking out these uh these ruins yeah. You know, beneath this large labyrinth. And they're, they're carved, they were carved by these, this race called the Thumerians. So I'm going to choose to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a superhuman, like godlike race that discovered and served the Great Ones. Um, the Great Ones are something we've been hinting around in the main episodes, but we're going to get real into them pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, yeah, they serve these kind of outer gods. Yeah, and uh, boy, do they look spooky. They look like a race of very tall, gaunt um, Scream like mask. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was just about to <laughs> exactly. say that. Exactly. Yeah. The Scream mask from Scream or the Scream mask from... Scary Munich. Movie 2. Or no, or, yeah, or Scary Movie 2 or Scary Movie 3. No, I meant uh, the Scream, the painting. Yeah. Like, yeah, like they, they look like uh, they mm-hmm. look like both those things, like these elongated, stretched out faces. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, and they pop up all over the place. Most of the enemies that you encounter here are going to be, um, you know, these Thumerians that are kind of just kept alive by some kind of unholy force or something like hollowing um, with them. So this is where the holy medium was discovered uh, by the scholars at Bergenworth, and Alfred tells us this much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it continues uh, to be prospected uh, by both Bergenworth and uh, the Healing Church. Uh, although not quite actively, because most of the people who are still down there uh, went completely out of their minds. In fact, there's a wonderful quote in uh, in an item description from one of the sets of armor that you get down here. Truth oft resembles madness inaccessible to the dull of mind. Those who go mad are merely thoughtful souls who failed to reach any conclusions, which uh, will probably feel familiar to you if you tried to extrapolate uh, where this fits into the main story beyond just the evidence that is laid out there right now. Yeah. It's a great quote. Mm-hmm. Like that's a yeah. real, like it, it, that's like kind of almost like the doll ember mm-hmm. of like, of this, of bloodborne, you know, that's a, that's a really uh, kind of encapsulates a lot of the game. I think the two, the two sets of armor that you get from um, the chalices we're going to be covering today, the two sets of armor you get from it have some of the best item descriptions out of the entire game in mm-hmm. my mind. Like they're, they're both very, very solid item descriptions. Yeah. The, the bone ash and the, uh, or the, the white bone ash, something like that. And the, uh, the, the mad, uh, the madman's armor, the madman set. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So essentially this is where they went down and they found the stuff that sets things, set things into motion. Um, when you talk about how we're going to be fighting uh, Thumerians a lot, that is true in what we're covering today. But then later, we kind of get the progression of how uh, Thumeria decayed mm-hmm. by exploring later chalices and learn that uh, they ultimately had a fate very similar to what we're seeing in Yarnum. Yeah. Um, so right now we're just doing – it's kind of like it's interesting the way that when you explore the chalice dungeons in order, you're kind of seeing the decay of the civilization. Mm-hmm. From it just kind of being hostile and, and full of just regular dudes who happen to be hollow and, and assholes, but they're they're dudes, to seeing the beast scourge and then ultimately seeing what kind of happens, which is spoilery, and, and we'll talk about it later. And a real neat intersection of mechanics and, pl- and plot, like the the difficulty level of the chalice dungeons are assigned by depths, if it's depth one, depth two, <laughs> depth three, and then it it kind of feels like at the same time that they're you know a depth three is deeper, so you're going deeper and deeper and closer to the source and seeing how ru- more ruined and ruined it became. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of those classic Miyazaki souls things that really just I, I really enjoy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. This uh, like the the Thumerians kind of remind uh, remind me of the D- the Denis from Mist a little oh, bit. Oh sure. Yeah, like like I'm getting strong vibes. So that immediately wins at some points for me in uh in atmosphere that is absolutely not reflected in the minute to minute play. <laughs> Well, you can also, <laughs> if you know the correct code, you can turn around in the Thumerian Labyrinth and just solve it. Yep. So it's it's similar to Mist in that way as well. You just have to know how to put the tumblers in the right order. Like, this is a totally different game. There are tumblers. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that, that's not true. The other thing, so mechanically, though, um, and I guess we'll, we'll talk about this later, but it's also interesting because it, it has that lore thing, and we, talk, we talked about the mechanics laid bare. This is also a place for a lot of Souls legacy mechanics. Mm-hmm where they kind of are quarantined <laughs> in Bloodborne. So this is where you're going to find your traps and secrets yeah, um, in a way that are not in the main game. And and I applaud them for not being in the main game because they wouldn't have fit. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if Kanehurst had a hallway with swinging blades, like <laughs> what, what, are the, what are they doing? You know, like that doesn't make any sense, but it, they make sense here. We had a hard you know, like, enough time a, reconciling that with sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and this is more like, this is just meant to be like this lost, mad civilization you know Mm -hmm. like it they can do whatever they want they they don't make sense to us because they're so close to these greater outer gods 
that they, you know, they're mad. Like it was a mad civilization to begin with and have gone has gone madder. <laughs> mad civilizations just got madder. <laughs> um, yeah, this, so this is the only yeah. place you find illusory walls. Right? Yep. Yeah. Which yeah, is kind which of a I, weird thing to me. <laughs> I still have not found one, even though I know they exist down here. Neither am I. <laughs> and I keep looking, but I, I still, I just know they're there, but I can't find I'm them. I'm dulling my weapons by attacking the walls. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm using a tonitrus. I don't have much durability to work with. Yeah, I was using the Blades of Mercy, and like they also don't have tons of durability. Um, and eventually I switched, but anywho. Um, so the, the way that we, we get in here is you get your first chalice from the Bloodstar Beast. And uh, these are the, that other line of tombstones um, in the Hunter's Dream where you perform a ritual at one of them. Yep. And uh, you need to use uh, ritual blood. One really cool thing is the, the ritual blood has um, ranks mm-hmm. similar to the cold blood you find. And if you look at the images for the ritual blood, it's like a pool of blood. And then as it be- grows up in number, a skull is coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. And it looks incredible. Like ritual blood five is amazing. Looking. It's like they're growing a crystal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of them, a lot of these things are like that. Like you look at the, uh, uh, the different chalices too. So if you mm-hmm. look at like Lauren and then like the lower Lauren, like it's like a skull and it's a skull growing out of this thing. Like it's just a worse version of the chalice. Kind of along with that. I love the, uh, the items that you need to use to make offerings. Oh, shit, uh, either yeah. the corpse pieces oh, yeah. or That's like, great. like actual yeah. relics from saints and stuff like flowers that only grow or mold off of stuff like it it definitely makes me feel like a goth kid for like oh it's corpse mold but <laughs> it, it it feels good but like something that is a a problem with chalice dungeons i think is that you do chalice dungeons in order to do more chalice dungeons yes yep like there's no there's it takes away the feeling of reward when you get through a really difficult passion uh, passage and you find a saint's wrist at the end which is just something that you use later to get into a different dungeon yeah like you're all moving towards this climax that we'll eventually talk about um which is very satisfying mm-hmm. you know like the, the thing at the end um you know it, at least from like a from a lore perspective like you know coming to this 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 thing that we find at the end but the uh it really is like climbing a very long ladder <laughs> you know it doesn't feel like the the sense of gamey reward is really there yeah. And a lot of this stuff. And even down to like the soul rewards. Like if you go into this first one right when you get the chalice, it's actually a pretty good way to get some some experience. Um but if you come to it later at all, um you know, you do you don't get very many many blood echoes. Right. For, yeah. for this these first areas. So it does feel like you're you're literally just doing it to do it, which is fine, but no other part in the game feels like that. I I I think. Yeah. You know, if you contrast it with like the like Hemic uh Carnal Lane or Charnel Lane, the uh you know, you're, it is an optional area, but you're doing it for this kind of gameplay reward at the end. Yeah, even even the items, some of the items that you get, you'll you'll originally like. Um, there's something very later on. You get this called a haze extractor. Like it's another hunter's tool, and you get really excited. Like, oh, I'm gonna be able to do. Oh, nope, it's just used <laughs> to make more chalice ritual. That's so. That, that item is so excellent. Weird. <laughs> like I, I I'm drowning in in fucking haze. It's like. <laughs> That's one of the most common like things you find in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like, what, who needs this extractor? It's so weird. The only other rewards that you get are upgrade materials, which, depending on when you do this, um, could be valuable or you know just kind of consumable. Uh, you know, just items that'll benefit you. And like, what's weird about that is like, if you're treating this as a way to get upgrade materials, what that is doing is kind of inverting the way that I feel like you should play this, which is, oh, you're going to do the chalices until it feels like it's getting too hard and then go back to the main game with the benefit that that gets you in order to tackle that until you level up. And then you're just trying to like level off of each other. 
with it. Like yeah. that's a little bit the flow that it feels like maybe they didn't try to establish, but you know, kind of makes sense given what they laid out and the way that progression works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. The, uh, so there, there are 10 uh, preset dungeons that we're talking. And then there are root dungeons, which are the randomly generated dungeons. Um, we will probably talk about those as kind of a footnote mm-hmm. in one of the future episodes. We don't, we're not talking about them this, this episode other than just letting you know what they are. Yeah. Um, but uh, those are those are your you know binding of Isaac by way of Bloodborne. Yes. Um, dungeons. Yeah. Everything is randomized. And each of these dungeons, whether they are preset or whether they are root, they are assembled modularly, like IKEA furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to use very similar rooms and enemies and just kind of minor variations on uh, those themes. Yes. To its to its detriment. Oh God. Um, yeah. Because th- that's one of my main problems with um, the, the the even the first one, like the. You get through the first layer of the chalice and you go to the second one and it's almost exactly the same thing. It's the same rooms. It's the same layouts. It's so boring. Yeah. And they're, and they're big. Mm -hmm. Like they're not, these are not short areas. Like each individual layer is really huge. And sometimes like it does give me that feeling of like getting lost, which is kind of fun. Like, oh, this is supposed to, it has labyrinth in the name. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I should, (laughs) I should be getting lost in it. Um, But the, that doesn't like I don't like that in games that much. Like yeah. we were talking about uh, a Hemwick again, like and we were talking about the linearity as being a strength. Um, I think that's true. Like I don't always want like a thousand side paths to explore in a game. <laughs> you know, like I want I want and if so, they need to be meaningful. Whereas like a lot of these things, like it feels like it's kind of unthoughtless, unthoughtfully like mm-hmm. loops back on itself. There are a lot of shortcuts that are not well considered. Yeah. Um. You know, and and in the chalice dungeons, to where like it's not very linear, but to no end, yeah. other than the fact that it's supposed to be this maze of corridors, which I get, but I just don't think I, that's for me in a game. You know, that's not my favorite thing. And with the way each layer is structured, with the exit being so close to the entrance, it, it feels a little bit like an inconvenience to have to go find the lever to open it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is, and, and that's and that's actually a kindness. Like it is a kind of thing. So if you die after you pull the lever, you can mm-hmm. just go, you know, go immediately through the door. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So the the um you know the goal in each one is you got to go find the lever, which is kind of guarded by a mini boss at some point that opens the door that's near the beginning, and then there are little side treasure rooms on your way, mm-hmm. um or treasure paths. Like they're not rooms. Like they you know it could be like a. a healthy stretch of dungeon. And these are where you're going to find again, more chalice rituals or ritual materials rather. Um, And then eventually you go to the next layer and eventually you get to a, or you get to a boss or eventually you go to a boss and you can get to the next layer until eventually you get to a boss that opens up the next chalice. Right. And that boss drops the next, next set Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. It's probably important to note too, that um, you, if you're going to go through all of the chalice dungeons, it's actually very important on a layer by layer basis to go through those side paths and collect all of that, you know, optional treasure, because that's where all of that's, you're going to need those upgrade materials. And it's either that or farm enemies to do it. And farming is not my thing at all. So go, you know, (laughs) you can even dodge past them and open up the chest, get it and then die. And then now you have it, but go through that process and go make sure you find those ingredients. Even in a chalice dungeon, exploration beats grinding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and wait, like I was just thinking about because you, you bring that up and like the way that chalice materials or ritual materials are kind of an unsatisfying reward actually bleeds really heavily into the main game mm-hmm. because you're going to you're not just going to find these in the game. You're going to find these everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
in the world. Like you can get to a very difficult to find treasure chest somewhere and, oh, there are two, you know, uh, red red jellies <laughs> in here. What the fuck is this? Um, you know, so it's, it's actually like kind of if you just want to play the main game and not dip into chalice dungeons, chalice dungeons are an active detriment to the main game. Like if you're not actually going to do the things in here, they actually do kind of negatively impact the game. And like it's one of the ways that I would tie it into the whole, you know, Bloodborne having less equipment yeah. being a downside, like yeah. it being that there's less of that kind of dopamine squirt and less reason to explore in areas where like, you know, you get you get a madman's knowledge or a, a sage's wrist at the end of a difficult passage, yeah. you know, so it just adds a little bit more chaff to things if you're not intending to do it. If you are intending to do it, it's cool, but it, it's like it's a key. It's not, you know, we talk about in uh, Metroidvanias uh, most of the time on Watch Out for Fireball. It's about um, Super Metroid does key items really well because you get something and yes, it opens up a door, but it also has a utility function. So you never feel like it's doom when you're running around collecting colored keys. You know, like, oh, I have the grappling hook. That's going to allow me to traverse, but it's also going to allow me to get to more areas. Yeah. And these items are keys that don't have a, a fun double function at all. It would be marginally better if the chalice ritual items were used to as good of effect as they were in Hemwick and other parts of the game. Like, it makes sense to find a fuckload of eyes in Hemwick. Yeah. You know, like, if just, 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 just from a story or atmosphere perspective, like... That wouldn't completely make up for it, but like if they were going to, to to go this direction, and there are thematic links between you know what you find in some places, these areas like that, that could have ameliorated it somewhat. Yeah, very yeah. somewhat. It, yeah, it just it just kind of goes into the general kind of like eh, feeling I kind of have on them while still being in favor of them in general. Yeah. I think um, there is a little bit of variety. We we kind of bagged on that, but there are four different types of dungeon based on four different chalices. Mm -hmm. um, the Thumero, which are uh, the regular. You know, kind of chalice is one of one. The Hinter Tomb, which is darker and has a lot of poison enemies in it, and then the other two, which we'll cover later um, in the uh, in the series, yeah. and uh, kind of talk about that progression mm -hmm. as we mentioned. I'm just trying to avoid not talking <laughs> about the last one because again, it's kind of it's kind of spoilery. I guess. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah won't yeah. be soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you get to those by finding by killing bosses um, in certain areas of the game. So there are two optional bosses that you can take down yes. to get into these places. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which those the, those guys are cool. So when you're rolling up a root dungeon, you can actually use these uh, these additional rights to kind of put a modifier onto these places, always to make them harder. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Bastion. Mm -hmm. How Bastion, you got unlock yeah. that that those badges that made things harder, but you get more experience. In it. Yeah, so the, you can good. The sequel to Bastion did that as well. Um, Transistor. Transistor. Thank you. That name does it. Yeah. Um, did, did did exactly the same thing, and it's. I like the way they do this because it kind of controls the way you create the dungeon and it also controls the loot that you get from it. So mm -hmm. if you if you use all four of the optional items, you will actually get some very high level gems to put in your weapons that you can't find mm -hmm. in the main game. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally not worth it, but you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. do you want an extra 2% on your physical damage when you're at 10% or less health? Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, it doesn't fit in the socket on your weapon? Okay. Yeah, well, fuck. Even though, like, and that's that's a thing, too, because another reason why collectors, uh, and by that I mean not in-game collectors, but people who play Bloodborne to collect things, um, love these, is because you find variants of weapons. Yes. And one of the, the main way that those are variants is because they can accept different gem sockets. Yeah. So if you want to have a, a Blades of Mercy that takes crescents rather than, you know, triangle gems, this is this is your your bag. Have you guys talked about gems on the podcast at all? 
Ah, uh, we we just got the uh, the uh, uh, no no we oh, just got the uh, the tool yeah we just got the uh, the rune run. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit, but we probably okay. could stand to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't um, have to get into it. I was just kind of curious. I didn't I didn't remember one way or the other. We talked about how cool it is that you're mashing blood into your weapon. Yes, I, yeah, I do remember that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about how that actually articulates very much. So we will. Yeah. Um, the uh, so but to me, like some of that feels like un like PvP optimization. Yeah. Right. Like getting the absolute best version of the weapon that you want that can accept the absolute best gems mm-hmm. is never necessary in the main game, rarely necessary even in the chalice dungeons. Um, so it just becomes like this weird optimization strategy that is for something I'm not playing to do necessarily. Yeah. Um, which is just another way of not necessarily saying these are bad, but just not 100% for me. They're like 60% for me, mm-hmm. you know, or 65. They're not, whereas the rest of the game is 100% for me. Yeah. So, yeah. One one of my complaints too is, um, if you if you kind of do want to play more Bloodborne, but you're kind of done with the story, so you look at Chalice Dungeons as an option to like, hey, I'm going to see something new, and you decide to co-op, like, hey, I'm just going to ring my bell and let you know let someone summon me when I help them with their game. The rewards are kind of dog shit. Like, they're just not. <laughs> it's just not fun. It's just echoes, and um, maybe you'll get a blood gem, assuming you get to the boss. May probably not, because the dude that you're helping is probably going to die at some point. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just not fun, and you don't get to fight. Like, it's not like putting your sign down for uh, or seeing it smow, where you can, you, you know, you're going to have that that epic experience. And this is just like, eh, you're going to get some even, stuff. Even though, like, the the dungeons are much easier to go through and much more fun playing them with somebody. Yeah. Um, like uh, some of them that I did for the show, I played through with Illusory um, because I was having a hard time with um, previously when we were going to do the lower mm-hmm. um, Thumerian, I was having a hard time with the boss of that uh, because that's uh, what it's my, one of my weaknesses is that boss. So I put out a call on Twitter to get help and Illusory answered. But then eventually we just did uh, other areas and we went through co-op and it goes by smoother and more fun when you have someone with you. But the rewards are bad. Yeah. So like it's like somebody doing you a favor. Like there's not very much in it for them. It's <laughs> just kind of like, hey, yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, doing co-op used to be a lot harder too because they hid the item that you needed, the short root chalice, uh, behind a boss. Like pretty late in the progression of even what we talk about on this episode. Too. Yeah. Now you yeah. can buy it at the uh, at the insight merchant, but uh, yeah. up until I think the first patch, uh, it was it was definitely kind of like something they locked you out of. Also, you can uh, you'll if you open up your chalices, you open up your chalices when you make them. If you want to be able to get help or be invaded, um, if you want to be invaded, you, they have to be sinister. So use that sinister ritual material. But if you just want help, you open up your dungeon and you have a little glyph, um, a little six-letter code that you can give somebody, and you can set a password. So you can actually just co-op with your friends. Like they make it easier than it's ever been in a Souls game mm-hmm. to co-op. But there are other ways it's goofy. Like uh, that person has to have completed the dungeon up to where you're at. So you can't just get help on the boss. You have to do like the whole dungeon with somebody or they have to do the whole thing up to your point. I thought that changed that. with the recent patch though. I thought you could just create the, use the short root chalice. The con- uh, according the password, to Lucha, just warp. That, that would be what the connect- connectivity is shitty. Hmm. Uh, I okay. guess is the, uh, mm-hmm. is what a uh, loser is saying um, about it, but they did make it like, so it's easy to just play with a specific friend. Yeah. Which just for boredom's sake, I would recommend doing this with with a friend. Yeah. Um and they're they're fixing that connectivity stuff all the time. Like the most recent patch made it easier to 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 match make through the password system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um so yeah, this this stuff is your challenge mode mm-hmm. things. And Bloodborne, you know, is already very difficult, but these get extremely difficult. Um the the beginning of it is just kind of like 
early to mid game content, but later levels uh, are meant that, you know, you should do these co-op or on a later new game plus cycle. Yeah. Um, and the reason these things are static to your new game cycle. Um, so you can do these at any point, And I think they're meant to be played over the course of several games. Right. Some of these later ones, if you're going to solo them, you probably need to be in new game plus or new game plus plus to be strong, you know, or you want to be to be at a comfortable level to tackle them. Yeah, the guide recommends that for like anything beyond depth four or depth four and above that you be 140 plus um, in Bledica mm -hmm. level or whatever it is. Um, and the game, like new game regular mode uh, caps out at around 80 in terms of their recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wish the guide had been out earlier because I went through all of the Chalice dungeons, not just the ones we're talking about today. I went through all of them at like, maxed out at soul level 100 still Holy thinking there was going to be a pvp scene and thinking <laughs> like I'm, i need to this is going to be level based pvp invasion so i'm going to mm -hmm. keep this character kind of low and it was it was miserable guys i'm not gonna yeah. lie <laughs> it was not fun i i would i i can't imagine mm. that, that it would be anything but um in a weird way though chalice dungeons are kind of great for like zoning out and listening to podcasts oh yeah while you play Bloodborne yeah. because there's nothing to pay attention to. I mean, there is, but there's no, there's no story. There's not gonna be any cutscenes or any dialogue or anything. You, you know, you need to think there's about stuff that to much. pay attention to. There's nothing to think about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's nothing. Nothing is going to take up the audio track in your brain. Yep. Yeah. So it is a good, good podcast thing. So without further ado, that's kind of our 101 entry on Chalice Dungeons. Uh, forgive us if we've got anything wrong, um, or if there's anything we didn't cover that we eventually will cover when we talk about Lauren and uh, Ice. Yeah. Or Ithil rather. Um, yeah, but let's uh, talk about the chalices we're covering today. And we're, we're not going to go point by point through these. No. <laughs> um, because they're really repetitive again. Um, we're just going to talk about some individual scenes that we like in the layers and then hit the bosses. Yeah. Because um, that's, that that's, that's where the magic happens. Yes. Sometimes quite literally. It's fire magic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, in, like, again, interesting from a lore perspective. Yes. Why is there no yep. pyromancy in Bloodborne? Well, they, there you know, is. They, there totally yeah. is. You just can't it, use it. <laughs> yeah, it existed in, in Thumero. There, there was a race uh, that had uh, extensive blood magic and pyromancy. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just, have, it's, you just have to dig to get it. So. And that one werewolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think he yeah. escaped. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. he yeah. shows up later. So we know his origins. Yeah. Um, um, let, let, let me see here. I just want to ask one more question because this is also related to the messengers and lore kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. J Jeremy. Or Gary, I would ask either of you, did you realize that you can light up those messenger lamps outside of certain doors? Yes. yes. I did not until I was looking at the guide to prepare for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, you know, my normal Minecraft strategy of, oh, you put you put torches on places you've been, totally unavailable to me. So I was wa wandering around lost and I already have a terrible sense of direction in, in these games. So, yeah, so. they're very, like the, the messenger connection um, even aside from that, it's very interesting mm -hmm. uh, because there are messengers and statues yeah. to messengers in uh, Thumeria. So at some point they came from there, presumably, and they're also not always benign. Like some of the traps are are take the shape of messenger statues. Mm -hmm. um, they don't look exactly like messengers coming out, but the fire breathing traps that you run into are a little reminiscent of, uh, of messengers. So that is, you know, like I've never gotten my hands on the lore of messengers. Like I've never really understood them. Um, I don't know if like maybe you guys have and you guys can let me know, uh, but I never really quite understood them other than just kind of like helpful imps that, uh, <laughs> that play around like babes and uh, and love hunters and support them. Yeah, like dressing but, uh, up. Yeah. And wear funny hats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, all of mine wear cracked pots on their head right now. But the uh, the I just wonder, like, so there's got to be something to them and it's connected to Thumeria, but I don't actually know what the connection is. Right. 
So, so yeah, the Thumerian Labyrinth, you start out, um, and this is all of these are going to be three layers until you get to one particular uh, level later on. Uh, but yeah, this one starts out with kind of like this big empty ravine with these rats and some um, kind of poison water at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we're going to be dealing with that. And it does look like one thing this these areas do well aesthetically is that they look gross. Mm hmm. Um, like this oily water. And then later we run into just kind of corpse filled areas where it's like, oh, this is like fat and oil rotting from these corpses. Yeah. Like this is disgusting. And that's that's great. Like they do a good job of making it, you know, look lived in in a disgusting way. Um, Does it make it to your top five worst smelling souls locations? <laughs> it probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, later on, we're going to get to some places that look an awful, no, they look yeah. really defily. Yeah, yeah, lower hint or two. That's 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 a bad smelling area. Um, we run into some new enemies here, um, yeah. rats we've seen before, and kind of um, just like regular Thumerians, these draglings, which are not, uh, you know, are just dudes. Yeah. Um, and we run into these uh, these labyrinth watchers, which are these big kind of like shiny babies. <laughs> um, like they're they're nude, like oh. you can see their butts. Well, that's oftentimes. the merciless watcher. <laughs> Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's mercilessly nude. <laughs> yeah. yep. he, he has no mercy on your eyes. The, the, even when they're not, even when you knock them down, you oftentimes mm -hmm. enough see their, their weird, smooth, like genital, <laughs> genitalist yeah. crotch area. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're oblivion horse texture, uh, ding dongs. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're real shiny. Yeah. <laughs> they're real, they're, they're real gross. Nobody man. loves like, oily Homer. <laughs> yeah. They're so oily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love their tactic too, which is just to roll around. So apparently, I've heard a lot of people say that this is a uh, Dark Souls One PvP callback because so many people <laughs> in Dark Souls One PvP were naked, fast rolling with a big giant weapon that they created this monster-looking creature to guard some of these switches. Which I thought I don't know if it's true or not, but if it is, it's absolutely hilarious. That's that's, <laughs> that's pretty great. The um. Yeah, because they come in different varieties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're the ones who are clothed, who are, uh, they, they kind of wear like Uruk armor or whatever, yeah. and uh, have a bunch of different kind of weapons. And uh, these variations are going to be the ones who, on this kind of variant, are going to guard the switches. Yes. Yeah. Um, we do run into traps. Mm -hmm. um, they're like swinging blades on bridges, like straight up Sense Fortress style. Yeah. Here. Um, and we run into these bell ringers, which are really important. Um, they're going to be all over uh, a lot of the chalice dungeon experiences we have, and they continually uh, summon enemies until you kill them. Right. Um, These also pop in in the regular game if you summon the beckoning bell. Uh, the sinister yes. bell ringing woman will pop in and yes. either bring in harder enemies, the ones that glow red, or um, you know invaders who will come yes. in as well. Yeah. Um, so eventually, you know, you make your way through again, and we're just going to cruise through and just talk about set pieces. So if it feels like we're going quick, like there's honestly not that much to talk about these hallways, <laughs> you know, hallways and rooms. And then like that one goddamn room, that's like the two, uh, bridges above an area full of incense burners, um, where you can cross, but there's always like six exits mm -hmm. and I don't know which yeah. way to go. And it doesn't, it doesn't end up mattering in the end, which one you go to, cause they all loop back. Mm -hmm. Um, so you and then, go, through... then you go to look at the strategy guide, and you're like, what, "How do these maps even make sense to anybody? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, where am I? Where did I start? Where am I? I don't get it." <laughs> Dark Souls is one of the hardest games to map. Yeah, I find like maps of Dark Souls are very rarely useful. And, They're beautiful. Uh, it, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like very beautiful, but very difficult to do. And it's because a lot of times because of the verticality mm-hmm. involved. Like you would need almost like a Metroid Prime-esque moving mm-hmm. 3D map to, to make it work. Um, but eventually, you know, you uh, oh, get the uh, the lever and then you get to the first boss. And like, you know, some bosses are reused in Chalice Dungeons, mm-hmm. but many, many of them are new, um, which is really cool. And uh, you're running this first one, the Undead Giant. Yeah. And this is kind of like if you took the uh, the Asylum Demon and gave him big old uh, like scythe arm things. Yeah, a little bit. He's it's it's your regular kind of big dumb guy fight where you're trying to get around behind him. Um, except uh, because it's both of his arms that are weapons, he has a little bit of reach to get around you. Yeah, and and there are multiple variants of this guy too. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep running into this guy. Yeah. And, and yeah. he's super gross. Like he's got that big postule thing. I don't know if I said that word right. Postule, postule. Yeah. Um, on his on his leg that you can burst and it hurts him and blood splatters everywhere. Like the mm. dude is just super gross. He's got <laughs> candles embedded in his back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he's been reading Madonna's 1992 <laughs> sex sex book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's 1992. Um, is, is that is that a thing? Sex book. I know that uh, I know that Madonna's called, sex was called sex, where she talked about squatting over a mirror or whatever. But yeah, she talked about uh, candles too. Uh, okay. I think she talked about candle wax being an erotic thing. Huh. You guys ever put out a candle on your dick? It's not erotic. <laughs> it's a boner buster and a half. If I've ever felt one, like <laughs> like out of necessity, <laughs> like <you had> nothing <laughs> else. To... Like, like 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 somebody's pointing a gun at me, and it's the only source of light in the room, yep. and I need to make a quick escape. Yep. yep. <laughs> your hands were up, and over the as erect over the candle. Yep. And I have to use it like a, a bell. Yep. Exactly. Snuff it out and then dive out the way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you can't blow on it because uh, you know you're trying to talk reason into this person who's pointing a gun at you. Like I'm furiously trying to give myself a kegel orgasm, so I don't have to actually touch the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it's, it out, it's like Bluetooth, man, hands free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, getting candle wax on your dick doesn't feel good, even if, you know, Madonna says it does. I don't think you're supposed to put it on your dick. I, I, you know, I might have misread I'm, that. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the book specifically told, like, my stepdad had, yeah. like, a metal bound cover of this book specifically. And I remember looking through it going, like, at, like, 14 years old, going, like, none of this is real, right? Like, this is, has to be terrible. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure someone at some point put, can, put candle wax on someone's dick. Oh, sure. Oh, that's the way yeah. to get a sternly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what happens after you uh, fight Candle Dick? After you fight Candle Dick, um, you go down this elevator. Uh, before and after the main areas of uh, most of these of uh, most of these layers, there's a hallway. And you always want to make sure that you check the that you check these doorways. Sometimes they are just walls, but um, that is where we're going to find these treasure. Um, yes. These treasure things. There's not one now. We'll tell you the first one we get to. But yeah. One thing about the treasure rooms, the ones that are explicitly treasure rooms, mm-hmm. is they're kind of beautiful. Oh my gosh, it like, looks so great. Really, really nice looking. Like yeah. the red drapery. Yeah. Like th- these are some of the most visually like well-designed areas, I think. Mm-hmm. Like they just look really really cool. Um the actual treasure you get is not that fun, but <laughs> and the treasure chests are all unique too. Yeah. Like it's very rare that you run into treasure chests from the uh, you know, that you would see. These are they're elaborate. Sometimes you're opening coffins. Sometimes it's these uh, big chests, and sometimes it's these small ones. Mm-hmm. I love but, the uh, wee little chest, the little tiny yeah. chest. Those are so cute. <laughs> yeah, little toy chest. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know, yeah. like if this is true, but layer two feels darker than layer one. I don't know if that's if that's something they did intentionally or if it's just something that I noticed. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember. The chalices are definitely not for people who are using a two-handed transformed weapon. 
Yeah, you want the torch or the uh, the light um, that you attach to your belt. Yeah, in these areas, um, bagmen show up here on layer two, um, guarding yeah. some ritual blood. Which again, if we wanted to go mad from not drawing any conclusions, I don't know why bagmen show up where they show up. I don't know. Like they they are not yeah, the you know the uh, uh, what is it the the, the channelers. channelers yeah yeah the channelers for this game. Like I want them to be, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's also these flaming arrow traps, and uh, I, I'm saying here that areas warp in, or enemies warp in, but that might just be because of the sinister ladies. It felt like they were warping in independent of those encounters. For well, me. they do. They, they there. Well, there are traps you can step on where they right. appear. Is that what you're where talking they about? They spawn. Yeah. 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 Just um, where they'll they... pop up surrounding you, and like those draglings. I mean, yes, they are draglings, but they will like outnumber you, and they attack very quickly in a way that the crows do. That specifically subverts the regain system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had to you had to really use uh use your space to your advantage if you get caught one of those traps. Like get out of the circle and then try to find that you know get them to a choke point. Yeah. The um the thing about the bagmen, just real quick, going back to the lore reasons why they're there, if there are any, um you could argue the places where they are they're collecting people for the the reason we'll ultimately find that they're collecting people in general. Um, but at some point in the game, and this is I guess a minor spoiler, but they disappear. Like there are no more bagmen. Mm-hmm. Um. If you get past that point in the game, there are still bagmen in the labyrinth. So I don't know if they just didn't get the memo or if it is like because there are well, some they don't get weird... any reception down there. Yeah, exactly. There, there, the, uh, there are some weird things about like, like I, I hate using time travel as any kind of supposition when there's no reason to think it's there. But there are some weird things that we'll run into when we start running into certain uh, reused game bosses that are here that mm-hmm. I don't know why they're here. <laughs> If it's not time travel, like yeah. there are, there are things that are down here that I, my understanding is they're unique. Um, I don't know why there's another copy of them here. Did you guys ever, did you guys come to any conclusions there without getting too spoilery? And I, I know I should just have this conversation in four months. But like <laughs> it is, uh, it just occurred to me like that this kind of reminds me of that. Like if the, the bagmen are still there from when bagmen are active, like they're just plumbing the depths looking for people, um, which would make sense. Uh, why are they still there unless there's some kind of timey wiminess going on that also explains why certain other bosses are down here. Yeah, after Dark Souls 2, I just kind of stopped asking myself, why is this enemy here? Because yeah. yeah. there was never any satisfactory answer. Scholar of the First Sin did a, a good job in correcting some of that, but the, with these guys, especially in the Chalice Dungeons, where everything feels like they just hit the random button and then saved 10 of the random generations, like, okay, these are going to be our 10 story chalices. Like, I just... I, I, I can't I can't come up with a good reason without getting into some pretty crazy sci-fi <laughs> time yeah. travel universe on top of universe multiverse type things. So I just I'm like, yeah, they're there. That's good. They they drop stone shards sometimes, bloodstones shards sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my closest reckoning is no less of a cop out. Is just oh because old ones or because you know, dream, right? Yeah. There's, there's nothing concrete specifically for why you encounter some things that are definitely like really unique and pinned to the cosmology of this world. Yeah. You know, like I just, I, I can't get some kind of causality there because one of those had to be the real one. And it may just be like, Oh, this is some lesser name, you know, some lesser version of that, which I mean, how difficult would it have been to change the text on those guys and say, so-and-so's nephew or whatever 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have an explanation for it. And I want someone, I want people to, that's your challenge. Mm -hmm. People who are uh, listening to the show is let me know why that happens. And even though we don't read it on the show because it spoils later things, I want to know mm -hmm. what people's thoughts are. Yeah. Um, so you get to the boss of this area, which are the, the Merciless Watchers and Chieftain. Mm -hmm. And these are three of those ogres at the same time. Um, and this is kind of, these are interesting fights. Um, yeah. This gets repeated a couple of times, but the uh, the Chieftain stands in the middle and he has a blunderbuss. Um, and the other two guys kind of harry you. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, boss fight we'll get to, the Shadows of Yarnum, mm -hmm. just using the name, but where it's like three different things with three different movement speeds yeah. um, and trying to manage them. A little bit. This is also a crazy arena because this is one of the stock rooms, like this uh, kind of multi-tiered staircase place with uh, mm -hmm. the chandeliers, um, mm -hmm. and it feels specifically set up for this encounter because of the one that has the gun. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's just there essentially to to interrupt you while you're you're fighting the other two guys. Yep. It's not amazingly hard, but it's neat. Like a lot of the boss fights in in the Chalice Dungeons actually like. Yeah. Um, after that, you get to the. Um, Layer three, mm -hmm. which, which uh, does introduce some variety. Like this is a massive underground garden. At least a portion of it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. that that big uh, middle set piece, which will run it. They the thing is, every time they introduce a new set piece, they just use it a lot. Yep. Which is yep. a bummer. Like this thing shows up all the time mm -hmm. from here on out. Okay. Um, we end up running into the, this new enemy, this fluorescent flower, um, which is an enemy we do run into in the main game. We just haven't run into it yet. But only once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it makes and that, sense for it to be there too. Like oh, it's yeah. like if if it's going to be somewhere in the main game, it makes sense. It's where it's at. And I would uh, say that everything. like um, it's it's worth running into in the main game first because it's such a when once you see them in the game, it's so it's so dramatically different from any other enemy that you fought. That <laughs> it's just it's so new, and especially in the area that you guys will eventually talk about. Like seeing it right there, you're like, what in the hell is going on in this game? I don't understand <laughs> yeah. it. It's yeah. So, it cuts such a strange silhouette. So what this looks like, it looks like a cross between a gigantic, like two-story tall centipede. Two stories probably, overstating it. But it looks like a gigantic centipede crossed with like a flower, but running up its gut is like a seam of uh, gaping dragon teeth. And yeah. it has this kind yeah. of like glowing bulb, and it uses that which it uses to do like these kind of energy attacks that you really haven't seen done so far outside of like the brain suckers. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, and, it, and they also have a like a swooping around like they move. So they don't just do that because mm -hmm. you think like, oh, let's get close and, uh, and fight them. But they actually will uh, uh, get kind of swoop around and hit you from behind. Like there's not really a safe zone on these guys. Mm -hmm. um, the two ways that I try to take them on is, is uh, either, you know, out damaging them quickly or their heads. They have multiple targeting areas, mm -hmm. um, which not very many enemies do in this game. And their heads take a lot of damage to distance weapons. Like, um, I was playing through with my arcane build and, and spoiler, like they did not buff arcane very much in that patch. Um, yeah. so I'm still not doing very much damage, but if I'd use a projectile spell, um, against their heads, I could almost one shot them, um, with it, but I just had to hit them in the right spot, which is kind of neat. And the way, when they die, their bodies fade away and their head falls as kind of a flower, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think that their bodies are not actually there. They're made of energy or from this other dimension or something like that. Yeah. The effect is really, really unsettling. I love the design. Like, these things are so creepy. They just don't look like they belong anywhere. Yeah. They also are super weak to poison, which I only discovered because you don't get many great gems in the main game. Uh, when you run across this, I just happen to have a poison gem on my weapon, and you hit it one time, and it starts ticking health down. 
Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I never actually tried the poison knives, um, but I'm sure that just like that, you could hit a couple. Like, it makes this would make this area pretty easy since there's two of them in this area. You could, you know, tag them with the knives and then go do something else and then let them die on the side. Or, or make later areas where they, they just copy-paste these guys like two of them here. <laughs> <Like crit. laughs> yeah. Later areas where there's 12. Remember um, this? Now there's three. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even more. Like, there's one, an area where there's, like, literally eight of them. Jesus. So it's the same arena. It's just there's two of them in each corner covering each other. It's a <laughs> nightmare. Um, <laughs> or it's not because you can literally just run through it. You aren't missing that much. That's, true. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, right? Like, you can do that for all of the Chalice Dungeon shit. But if you miss those, those upgrade materials... You're going to mm-hmm. have to go back and get them. Yeah. And I'm trained by Souls games and Bloodborne to think I am missing something. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I don't want to run through something the first game time, but like that arena is fucking unreasonable, the one I'm talking about. <laughs> and I can't remember. I think it's in lower uh, Thumerian Labyrinth, so we're not going to talk about this episode, mm-hmm. but it is unreasonable. <laughs> like it is, a, it is a really, really obnoxious arena that like I'm just torn. Like I want to clear this out because I'm playing a Souls game and I want to clear it out and, yeah. and see what's to be seen. But it is so tough. Like, uh, there's other enemies, too. It's not just the, the eight of these things. Yeah. But, ugh. But, yeah, these guys drop Arcane Haze, so you need that as a, as a material later, and there are plenty of these guys. But eventually, you also get an Arcane Haze Extractor, mm-hmm. which allows Ooh. you to turn uh, other ritual materials into Arcane Haze. Yeah. Um, there's a treasure room. This is the first treasure room that we encounter. You just have to really be paying attention. I missed these at first. And I had like I had to watch some kind of uh, like Chalice Dungeons Explained video. And I, I'm sorry, I don't know who made the video that I watched um, that actually kind of like laid out the rhythm of each of these uh, of each of these floors. Um, but if you are kind of in a, in a in a chalice haze like a like one tends to be, then you may run past them. So always make sure you check those uh, those pre and post hallways. You had chalice hypnosis. Yep. Like, uh, just night, night driving. Um, so eventually you get to the boss of this chalice, which is, uh, the watchdog of the old Lords. Such a good name. Such a good boss too. Yeah. Yeah. I think these guys are really hard. Um, they're big lava dogs and their face is way bigger than you think it would be. Um, go fighting lava dogs. Yeah. yeah, Go, go. Yeah. Go Minnesota lava dogs. (laughs) Um, and they uh, they kind of do some tricks we've seen before in previous games, but not in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have an element of area control where they will kind of barf up lava and make certain areas of the arena, you know, un- untenable to you. Yeah. So I also really, really like fighting this thing because if you hit its um, head enough times, it breaks off its carapace. And then if you hit its head after that, you do way more damage. That's one yeah. thing I really like about Bloodborne's bosses, specifically this one, at how there's kind of a levels of interactivity going not only do they have phases but you can you can kind of chip off their armor or you can hit a you know a sore spot on their leg or whatever and that's so weird too because like you don't really see that in in many other places even in this game where you know like most bosses as you phase them they get tougher you know mm-hmm. they, they either get more aggressive or they get more evasive and here you're actually like very tangibly turning the tide in your favor yeah, like uh, oftentimes it would just be, oh, you do, you fight it until it eventually roars and some particle effects pop out. Mm-hmm. But, and then it just, it's angrier. But here, like, and you also can break all of its legs. Mm-hmm. If you focus attacks on any of its legs, they'll break and it will stagger it for a moment. Um, so you kind of have some tools to, to fight him, but he's also really, really aggressive. Um, has a very wide swath with it, with its fire neck kind of like fire blast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very difficult to kind of stay behind him consistently. And he also has that AOE that all enemies that don't want you to get behind them have. 
Um, so and don't forget well, the charge. The charge will mess you <laughs> up. <laughs> Those, yeah, the charges are so are, are really rough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because if you if you fail to roll through that or fail to uh, to get out of the way, that uh, it won't one shot you, um, but it you know almost will. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, and this is the easiest he's going to be. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And we're <laughs> gonna fight him again, like because it's Chalice Dungeons. <laughs> have you guys um, both beat him later? I have not. Um, no, I haven't gotten. I, no, yes, I have, but it was when the game came out, so it's been a while since I played it. It was in my first run through with Chalice Dungeons, where like I didn't quite finish them, but I got further than I am for this show. I was so happy when I finally finished that I had to put the whole video up on YouTube. Like, I, <laughs> I, like, like it was an accomplishment. <laughs> so ridiculous. Are you just always recording? Uh, the PS4 is always recording. So oh. once you uh, like if you finish something, you just hit the share button and then save the video clip and you can go back and edit it and upload it to YouTube from there. Well, OK, I'm I'm not a professional who makes media about video games or anything. OK, OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he drops the central Thumerian uh, chalice. So we're on to the central Thumerian ch- uh, labyrinth. Yep. Um, layer one. Nothing happening. Nope. <laughs> um, Nothing I have, new. I have uh, two notes in my notes about this, which weren't, which I was just typing down yesterday when I was playing through. And the first one is level is really boring, and the second one is about the boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. And we have two bullet points under this H three. So yep. yep. <laughs> So, yeah, the boss, again, also kind of nothing special because we fought this guy um, under, I think, tougher circumstances earlier in the in the season. Yeah. Yeah. This is the beast possessed soul. Yes. Yeah. Who is the same guy who is at the bottom of the weird tower in the cathedral ward that led down to the little bagman area. Um, So it's a pyromancer werewolf. Um, Super, super aggressive. We're going to run into this guy later as well, and he's tougher than he is here. Mm-hmm. but he is he's still kind of tough here yeah um you know and also that fight was optional and you could even just run past it mm-hmm. this is the first kind of mandatory one or at least critical path one yeah or you can um, just totally not find it on your first playthrough like i did yeah it's true. <laughs> it's true um so you head on to, to layer two um where this is like a little bit more uh, they introduce a new enemy mm-hmm. these uh slimes that drop from the ceiling which are a classic dark souls thing yep um I, I love the design on these. I don't know if they just ripped the mesh wholesale, but the fact that it is just skeleton jelly. Yeah, they've got a lot of bones in them, <laughs> which is which is really great. Yeah, and uh, we're introduced to scorpions now, mm-hmm. um, which are pretty cool. Uh, some of which are covered in baby scorpions, and when they die, they explode into tiny scorpions that scuttle away. <laughs> which is which pretty is great. amazing. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, um, and these guys will poison you. Yeah. There's some okay. stuff like poison doesn't come up much as much here as it does later, but uh, but yeah, they're they're starting to really play with uh, with status effects in a way that the main game um, does in spots, but not as pervasively. God, God, just thank God there's not a frenzy chalice. <laughs> like like I'm I'll oh take poison God. all day long, um, but just yeah, the frenzy chalice dungeon would be too much mm-hmm. for me. Um, another new enemy here, uh, the labyrinth right keeper. Mm-hmm which is this hunched over witch that uh, has these bowls of fire and skulls that shoot magic at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks like a potato bug or a pill yeah. bug. Yeah. Depending on what you call them in your region of choice. Did so. you guys think that this was a, uh, one of the witches from Hemwick when yes. you first saw it? Cause that's what, that's exactly what, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, that looks exactly like that other witch, but it, they're not at all. They're just kind of similar, I guess, posed similarly posed. Yeah. Semi-circular crone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I recognized her immediately because of my semicircular Crohn's disease. <laughs> but I have. <laughs> I, I, I poop entirely in uh, front, you know, closed like, parentheses. It's, it's like a Play-Doh fun factory. Yeah. Do you have to get a special toilet or do you have an attachment that goes onto any toilet for that? Is that what happens? Yeah, I have an attachment that goes onto any butt and then use it on my butt. So I can, it's oh, easier it's a, than... It's a converter. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a European poop converter. <laughs> Diaper attached. That allows me to straighten out my coils. God damn it! First the dick wax, and now this. I'm sorry. I feel like I feel like I'm the common denominator here. I'm just trying to uh, outdo uh, the episode with Patty and CJ from Twenty Humanities, where you did nothing but talk about male ejaculate the entire yeah. episode. So, whatever I can do to make it as dirty as possible. That's so quaint that. that you call it that. Yeah, I'm surprised that that's not a ritual material you find Saint's ejaculate, and it's just like a you know a rusted Kleenex box. <laughs> From the old ones. Um, <laughs> rusty? Why is it rusty? Because <laughs> it's old. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. The Keeper of the Old Lords. Yeah. Yeah, I like this boss. I um, really like this boss. It was barely a boss fight for me. I ran up to her and attacked her and she was done. It depends on when you go here. Like, I think yeah. that if you go here later, she's super easy. But she is, uh, you'll run into her as a regular enemy in the game. And she's a lot like uh, a hunter fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so except that she uses pyromancy, which again, and why can't I use pyromancy? That's because <laughs> it's a lost art. It's a Thumerian lost art. I'm kind oh, of, I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be something related to the, uh, to the DLC. Oh, yeah, I would, we're going to get some, I, I would uh, really hope so. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty neat. They've never done that. They never add like a whole, well, that's actually well, yeah. dark magic. Yeah. Or they had dark, dark magic. Well, yeah, I suppose that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, I dig dig this fight a lot. And then later you run into her, and that area I was complaining about, there's one of these mm. just wandering around. So oh, there's cool. just a boss from earlier wandering around this area with fucking eight of those flower centipedes. Can mm-hmm. I say I am so happy to hear you say her? Because um, I put a video of this, one of the later fights uh, with this boss on YouTube, and I actually got like shitty comments for calling it calling this boss a her as opposed to it, I guess. I don't know. And I even made a thing in the description because I, I was like, I don't know why I'm calling it her. Like, there's no indication that she's female other than, like, a tall pointy hat, which I guess a dude could wear just as well. But, yeah, I, I got, like, shitty comments because I called this boss a her as opposed to anything else. That's weird. And I looked at the strategy guide. There's nothing in the strategy guide that just says it. Yeah. <laughs> which seems mean, but, I mean, it could just be an it. But. Well, Jeremy, a slip of the tongue is unforgivable. You need to be legitimate. I, I yeah, guess so. Exactly. I do yeah. run. A, I do. I do collect seventy thousand dollars of pay, Patreon money every single month. So. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures online. Um, I think that like it, like uh, the she has like kind of a feminine walk. Yeah, is maybe what I'm picking up on. You know, which is not yeah. a. You know, obviously a man can walk with a feminine walk as well, but I think that she's got enough female signifiers to like comfortably make that assumption. That's kind of yeah, what I thought too. Either either that, or I was thinking um, she just reminded me a lot of Witch Beatrice from Dark Souls One. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. That and also, like, if I'm in doubt, I will use her as a pronoun. Well, it's I, I mean, at some point, like, yes, you can't you can't actually determine the gender of anybody by looking at them, but that is the safe way to like if if they're using you know gender signifiers of one gender or another, that's what you err on the side of. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't uh, if if. Somebody's wearing a dress and wearing like a lady's hat and everything. You'd refer to refer to that person as a her uh, because those are choices that person made. 
to wear female signified clothes. Like if, if they correct you, that's great, you know, yeah, and go by yeah. that. But if, uh, you know, that should be the assumption that you should make. Um, it gets into, I mean, I know this is a video game, so it's not real material, <laughs> like, real, you know, real life, but it gets into some real kind of shady yeah. territory. Like I don't want to refer to any person as an it without have being you guys Have you played Dragon's it. Dogma? Either one of you? No, I really want to. That is like in my pile of like big RPGs that I need to play and finish, um, along with like Near and Witcher. So, um, I have not. The, the, the comment that I got on YouTube was no offense, not ECEC, but a lot of bitches need to go replay De- Dragon's Dogma and recall what the bandit mages looked and dressed like. And I'm like, dude, I don't I've never played that game. I have no idea what you're talking about. How can I, how can I take offense by that if it's since it's so nonsensical? <laughs> I have no like, idea. That, like, this is like, no offense, Matt. Here's a, here's a stream of word salad that, like, <laughs> like it does not make sense even within context. Um, so. Yeah, that's, I don't know, that's obnoxious. Anywho, um, you fight this guy and you get to layer three. Mm-hmm. Layer three, which um, has uh, a new kind of juggling kind of enemy, which uh, will ring a bell lantern. This is separate and distinct from the bell ringing uh, woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this will just fill a room with corpses. In fact, raise them up like it's the undead crypt. Yep. Or like it's Josh Groban. Yep. There's a very funny boulder hallway, <laughs> uh, um, which is just like a very Indiana Jones trap that feels kind of out of place. But mm-hmm. uh it's there. Hey, it's um, like they're crawling back to sins with every kind of with every chance that they get. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Sins Fortress? Everybody likes Sins Fortress. <laughs> yeah. What if it were not designed? <laughs> what, if, what, uh, <laughs> what if we put Sins Fortress through Google Dreams? Actually, yeah. that would be a lot like this because of the eyes. Yep. That, that, <laughs> uh, we get. I like the um, the uh, pilgrims that you run into here. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a couple of different instances of non-aggressive enemies yeah. throughout the uh, Chalice Dungeons, and every time I run into them, I like it. Uh, just because if we are, you know, uh, kind of spelunking through this old civilization, it wouldn't make necessary sense that every single person that you run into wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, so these guys are like these, uh, they're similar to a, 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 the spirit you run into, these gaunt um, Thumerians mm-hmm. that can uh, do these AoE magic things. But they're just non-aggressive. Like, they just stand there yeah. and look at you. And if you attack them, they will quickly go back to being non-aggressive. Like, they will attack yeah. you and then and then go back to their routine. Yeah. It, so part of part of me wonders why they're called the Pilgrim, right? Because a Pilgrim comes from somewhere. So is yeah. there somebody who's coming from above to, uh, you know, to, to visit this holy place? Somebody who's affiliated with the church or with Bergenworth? Or is this somebody coming from below? Um, well, to the, to they, the, good. they have, like, a Thumerian look to them. They do. Yeah, so I don't think they're coming from Bergenworth. Um, maybe they're heading towards the surface from the, the bottom of the labyrinth, Yeah, you know, and this is as far as they got, or I guess vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, don't know. Mm. Um, you find a treasure room here. This is the uh, first one that has like the, the, the crazy red cloaks. Yeah. Um, also it yeah. has a, a wonderful, like dead meditating figure. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, these look really good. And you get that sage's wrist, mm-hmm. which will be useful way later. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, and we fight another boss, and this is another boss I like a lot. Yeah. Uh, more or less, if the boss has like Old Lord or Thumerian in the name, I'm into it. Um, this is the Thumerian descendant. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of one of the less degraded versions of the Thumerians that we've seen so far, right? Like he has, you know, this relatively unblemished skin. He still has like the the dead eyes and the crazy mouth, but he is in good shape as compared to the ones we have seen so far. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, again, it's a little bit like one of those dual fights 
Um, he has these blades and uh, halfway through the fight gets a little bit more aggressive. Um, he breaks his blades into pieces, I believe. Isn't it like a trick weapon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like partway through the fight. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting <laughs> that the Thumerians had trick weapons. Um, I don't know exactly what to make of that. Um, is this also, or is it the guy later who has the uh, uh, crossbow? It's the guy later. It's, it's the, the guy, guy later. Up. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but the, the, this guy is pretty interesting. Like, this is a good fight. Mm-hmm. I really um, love these one-on-one kind of duel fights, and I'm, it happens sporadically through the main game as well. But um, this, just the the dashing around, the dodging, and then the parrying, and the visceral attacks, like, it's so much fun to play. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's one of the highlights of the challenge sentence for me. This one, and then the boss that we'll, the last boss we'll talk about is, are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always like fighting a person, like, I think the beast-based bosses in uh, Bloodborne are the worst out of, like, the classifications between, like, you know, otherworldly human and, and beast. Yeah. They're my least favorite. Um, so on to the, uh, the hinder tombs. There's mm-hmm. actually a lower Thumerian labyrinth, but we're going to cover that next episode probably. Yes. Um, and we're going here just because it's one that became available here recently. Um, we found it on one of these bosses or the other. And also it is of a, uh, a, a doable depth at this uh, at this level, whereas uh, the lower uh, Thumerian Labyrinth immediately jumps up to four or no, three, three, I believe. Yeah, Seems- it's, it's it's four. There's okay. there's four in the lower um, one. But the boss of the third layer is uh, mm. spoilery. Yes. So, OK, just to save you a couple of correction emails, the. Uh... The Hinter Tomb Chalice is in a chest, I think, on layer two. And okay. the only reason I know that is because I got to one of those big fancy chests on a, one of the one of the side route treasure rooms and uh, mm-hmm. opened it up and there was absolutely nothing in there. Huh. I was like, what the hell is going on? And so it, I looked it up in the guide and sure enough, it was supposed to be there. But I guess in New Game Plus, they don't even bother replacing it with like, I, I don't know, bloodstone shard or like a ritual blood it's just it was just an empty chest but I, mean, I got all of like the noise that you get when you open the big chest and everything oh, wow. but just totally empty chest <laughs> it was really it was yeah it was kind of it's kind of a bummer hmm. that is a bummer yeah so thank um, you for saving us those emails yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one actually has a little bit of a lore um, significance like where is this in the labyrinth this is kind of the annex this is the place where the uh, Thumerians who are still tending this place are kind of chipping away at the walls and making a new um, kind of part of the labyrinth in order to store their dead yes yeah and they're and they're just kind of like when you run into um, at some point I believe you actually run into somebody doing this mm-hmm. it might be in the uh, the later on yeah but uh, they are just kind of mindlessly doing a thing, which is like, I always like running into that mm-hmm. in games. That's used to, when we do our Scholar episode, that's used a brilliant effect um, early on in Scholar of the First Sin. But just kind of the idea of this kind of running, going through the motions of what you did when you were alive. Yeah. I like a lot. Um, so there are some new elements that are kind of introduced. Um, there are these kind of uh, exploding boxes, crates, or whatever these things are, jars. Mm-hmm. They're kind of different ones, I believe. Um, and there'll be an enemy poised above throwing Molotovs. I thought that they were throwing uh, Molotovs at like the, the the corpse fat oil in the in the lake below you. The that doesn't burn. It's okay. definitely like the objects that are there. Okay, that burn. Huh. Significantly less metal, but okay. Or that explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The corpse <laughs> fat is still there. It's so gross. <laughs> um, but later, but later, you do walk through some liquid because I noticed, and I thought it was today, but I could be wrong. Where you walk, walk when you walk through it, you kind of get a status bar icon that shows you're more vulnerable to fire. Hmm. Um, so may, maybe I'm just confusing this area with another one. But there, there are areas cold that will make you light on fire just with the stuff on the ground. Huh. huh. Weird. <clears throat> there are also coffin traps here. 
Like if you see a coffin in a hallway, <laughs> you'll bust out of it. And that's why you always use a chain. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Coffin gate has been solved. Like everyone from from Yarnum went down here, saw this, and was just like, "Oh shit!" Guys, If you get to new game twenty, all of the chains come off. Yeah, <laughs> they call it Bloodborne off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. No, I'm gonna laugh at that. It's great. Um, the boss here is weird. It is. Um, it's a man eater boar. Which we've been running into these guys pretty consistently throughout the main game. Yeah, it's weird to be forced to fight one. Yeah, here's another one. He's got a little <laughs> bit more HP. Um, the boar is like, I haven't really, we talked about it a little bit in the main game, but like, I always get one shot if I get caught in the charge mm-hmm. because I get double hit. Does that happen to you guys as well? Yeah. 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 You I, very I early don't to like dodge. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Um, and this guy, his arena is kind of built for that because there are pillars, but he will bust through them if he charges. So your instinct or my instinct when I see one of these things is to get behind something so it will finish its charge and I can fight it. But then it busts right through the pillar and, and one shots me. He got me that way, too. It's really well designed. Yeah, it, it is. It is meant to fuck you up, but it is it's hard without any kind of cover mm-hmm. um, to to fight these things. And the uh, that's going to be a running theme in here in the, the chalices is the arena being really important to the fight. Yeah. Um, and that comes in later when they start kind of remixing regular bosses. Yeah. Um, where it's the same fight, but it's more interesting because of the weird arena you're in. Um, but here, it's just a man-eater board. If you can dodge that first charge, just get behind it and stab something up its butt, and that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, I'm really, like, I'm terrible at doing damage to these guys. I never feel like I'm actually getting a lot of mileage off of my attacks. Mm. Yeah. That's why um, you gotta fist the pig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they charge, they're very easy to backstab. Hmm. Um, the uh, So layer two, um, we're into these labyrinth madmen um, who look like flesh versions of the mad ones, which are those things that the uh, the, the witch of Hemwick uh, summoned. Uh, yeah, I'd never put that together before. They do look like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, we asked the question last time, like, oh, how do they relate? Where do they come from? That might actually be. Yeah. Like a like yeah. a link. Yeah. Like, they, they come from here. They are being summoned from from prehistory from this labyrinth. Um, because presumably this labyrinth is under all of Yarnum, right? Like we get to it through the dream, uh-huh. but I don't imagine like the Bergenworth people got to it through the dream. I imagine they actually had an expedition at one point, you know, we never find that physical entryway. Like we never actually find the connection between them, but the idea of everyone funneling through the hunter's dream doesn't feel right to me either. Like, I don't know. Does that cause, and not not everybody dreams either? Like uh-huh. we talk yeah. about how the game <clears throat> specifically calls out who is actually a member, of, you know, who's part of the dream, mm-hmm. you know. And they could get through it through the nightmare realm or whatever, which we'll run into later. Like there's everything's dreamy weemy, but like <laughs> the um, it just kind of uh, uh, it just strikes me uh, specifically as if like the labyrinth has to be more or less everywhere because it's so huge. Yeah. So maybe the maybe the hinter tomb is specifically under Hemwick. It's, I mean, it makes sense. It makes yeah. a sense. Yeah. I really like sense. the idea of it existing below the world of the main game. Um, and when the game first came out, me and a friend of mine were talking about how more, it's more satisfying the Chalice Dungeons would be if they would have some sort of connection, like a shortcut back. Like if you could leave the Hinter Tomb and wind up in Hemwick, or if you could leave the Thero Chalice and wind up in, I don't know, Old Yarnum somewhere, how cool that would be. Like, it would give you that kind of wraparound. Like, no, this isn't just some random game world that they're spawning. Like, I'm actually connected to this main world. Yeah. 
I really like that idea a whole lot. I wish they had done something with it. But I, I like the idea of being able to summon people from underneath. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And like, that's just, oh, that's sure. just creepy and good. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have some kind of more terrain here. Um, there's a gigantic blood and grease swamp. It's really <laughs> disgusting. Um, and the, it has this uh, huge rope bridge. Um, this is where uh, uh, the area kind of explicitly recalls um, the uh, the uh, defilement, Valley of Defilement, right? Mm-hmm. Also a little yeah. bit of 3-2, uh, the bottom of 3-2. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the, the, you know, the game didn't put the gutter in the main game. You know, they put mm-hmm. it in uh, in the Chalice Dungeons. Right. Yep. And there's also a an undead giant here who has a cleaver, but more importantly, he has a giant ass cannon. And uh, he yes. has this artillery, uh, which can knock you off of ladders, I have found out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another new enemy you find here are the like the uh, the bubonic rats. Yeah, the rats that are covered yeah. with pustules are really disgusting. Yep, um, super gross. Yeah, super strong, and also they come at you in larger numbers than the ones from the previous, uh, the, the from the vanilla Fumero ch- Chalice. Yeah, and uh, in this area, mad ones are generally uh, guarding the levers. Right. Um. So you eventually get to the ladder and you get to the boss of layer two, which is another undone giant. Um. But this one has the cannon, and again, it's using that arena against you. Uh, because it's very close quarters with him. So yeah. if you're very close, he can hit you and he, and he attempts to. But if you get far away at all, he's going to blow you up. Yeah. He has very poor coverage when you're up close, though. So it actually yeah. is a little bit yeah. a little bit easier to manage um, if you are getting up close and personal than the than the previous one, I found. Yep. Yeah. And then this takes you to layer three, um, which is kind of one of the more inter- interesting ones from a level design perspective. But even that makes it hard to... Uh, kind of explain what happens beat by beat. There are lots of tunnels and boulders. This is the, the you're kind of going through this in circles in order to find a, a lever room which is relatively hidden off to the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very easy to get lost mm-hmm. here. Um, I was playing through this with illusory, and I feel like it's unfortunate he might have been getting frustrated with me oh. uh, because I didn't have my <laughs> microphone, so we couldn't couldn't chat. Oh yeah. Um. So I would just be I would backtrack through an area that uh, you know, I'd already been through, and I just didn't realize I was doing it. And uh, he was he was kind enough not to make fun of me for doing so. And then whenever I got to where I went, I did the scream uh, emote <laughs> uh, or the, the roar because I was yeah. you know, pretty pissed. Um, but eventually you get to the boss of this. And again, we're talking about them repurposing bosses with our, your arenas. Uh-huh. Um, here's our old friend, the Blood Star Beast. I love this. This is so good. Yeah, it's pretty cool because the uh, if they're going to reuse bosses, they have to do some kind of twist on them. And this one, he's in a arena filled with this poison water. Yeah. It's like a web work of kind of safe ground that you can walk on. So, yeah. you know, whereas the Bloodstar Beast is a very aggressive enemy um, that you can control with these uh, with these uh, pungent blood flasks or whatever, which I decided to use uh, this time because I didn't before and never had. Really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, even still, as you're trying to keep him from being right up on top of your shit, um, you know, you are still trying to uh, avoid being poisoned. Um, especially by him directly too. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And, but other than that, like not too special other than the arena, mm-hmm. like we've, we fought the blood star piece before, um, heading to the lower hinder tomb. Um, and this is, uh, it gets darker here. Yeah. Like yeah. emotionally I... and <laughs> luminescently. <laughs> it's like, you know, if this another is they, one, if this is where they put the dead, like, is there any hope, man? Where are we going to yeah. go? Well, yeah, you have to go through the vestibule of dead pets. <laughs> and then you have to travel through the the hallway of lost keys mm-hmm. and stuff like it just becomes you know more and more depressing mm-hmm. as you go. 
until you get to peak bleak. Um, yep. Yeah, but uh, we mean atm- atmospherically darker, like they are giving yes. you less ambient light uh, to work with. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you're introduced to kind of like a new rank and file enemy uh, that you're going to get, uh, the Labyrinth Gravediggers, which are these hooded Thumerian uh, figures that um, have these sigils, and they will pick you up. Like, they yes. will do this kind of, uh, I guess, rock or Stone Cold Stunner-esque choke slam <laughs> on you. He's a wrestler, right? It's like a yeah. wrestling move. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You okay, got it. cool. Oh. As someone who hasn't watched wrestling since like 1987, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll call Brayton in on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, these are the guys who are wielding pickaxes, and you'll see them kind of leading these teams of draglings in uh, in their labors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are also spiders mm-hmm. in this zone. Uh, they're just like the regular spiders in the game uh, mm-hmm. that you run into way later, um, without human faces. They're 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 tiny. They're yeah, much smaller. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, so you do that. There's another treasure room here yeah. with another madman. Um, I, only, I, I only made a note of this because it was very, very difficult for me to get him away from the spiders. Really? Yeah, I don't remember having a hard time with this, but huh. I don't. Uh, yeah, I might be misremembering. Yeah. I did this today and just tossed a pebble at him. And after, I mean, I cleared out the initial spiders and then tossed a pebble at him and he just ran right over. Wow. So what, like what's weird about it is like his, his, like all of these, uh, mad ones, aggro distances are really, really high. And so yeah. as I was trying to lure them out, he would just come like just running and screaming at me. Mm. Yeah. What, what an asshole. <laughs> what gives <laughs> him right? Yeah. Um, the then boss is the brain sucker. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's in a, a stair arena, but he's, we fought this guy before. Yeah. Essentially. Is, is this guy bigger than the one, than the ones in the main game? He seemed like a little larger, but it's been a while since I've played the main game. So he I couldn't remember. feels like it, but it could be a venue thing. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> if anything, he, he can, he's just got a little bit tougher. Like he's got a little bit of a, you know, some more HP, but uh, we fought these things before. These are just those, uh, those Cthulhu faced, you know, Latvarian, or not Latvian, Latvian. <laughs> Dr. Doom's minions. Dr. Doom's um, monsters. Yeah. Uh, Latvian. Yes. Is what I meant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And I then now we're on to layer two. Layer two, which uh, starts getting creepier. Like this whole area is kind of like overgrown. There are like roots that are intersecting with the tunnels. It's very slipshod, their construction here. Um, yeah. But uh, now we start getting these trees that to me look like agonized corpses. Like all of them are, uh, are kind of uh, platooning. <laughs> to, to an extent um and these are kind of acting as pillars uh, obstructing your view i've had some enemies jump out from behind them at me it's so weird that they they introduce these really cool kind of set pieces like i like the gigantic swamp of corpse fat in this yeah. area or in these areas as well but they're just so rare like it just takes mm-hmm. a long time for them to start introducing these new elements that like yeah. you know i don't know if they're like all the leftover elements <laughs> it's kind of spicing a dish you know yeah uh, yeah. yeah um yeah, so this is also where you run into more non-aggressive enemies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I like. There's a there's a room where they're all worshiping this tombstone, <laughs> which is super creepy. Like they're all in those weird positions. Like you'll you'll encounter an NPC in the game much later that gives you a gesture that it's really really cool. And they're all that, that's what that reminded me of. It's like they're all in these weird like tortured positions. It's very very yeah. creepy. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what that tombstone was though. Neither could I. Um, there's no writing on it or anything. So like. It's a neat little set piece, but again, it just feels a little bit half-assed. Um, yeah. So it was cool to run into, but I don't know. It was an um, old one or one of his yeah. lieutenants. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but the boss here is really good. Yeah, um, this is a this is a hunter fight. Yeah, the for- forgotten madman. Madman. Mm-hmm. 
not the forgotten Mad Men, like their lost <laughs> episode where Donald Drooper, like, you know, I don't know, pitches an iPhone. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened in the lost episode of Mad Men. I've never actually watched Mad Men. Donald Draper goes to L.A. and commits a crime. Yeah, exactly. And Ken, Con- <laughs> Ken Crosgove is on the case. Yeah, to join join the case, join, uh, join the force. Um, For people that have never seen Mad Men, you're doing a really good job describing the last season of Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know I'd never seen Mad Men? Oh, well, Gary mentioned it, I just assumed. <laughs> but... But, uh, but yeah, the forgotten madman. Um, he's a uh, hunter with uh, with the greatsword and uh, also one of the rifle weapons. Forgive me. Do you guys know which specifically which one it is? No, I don't. Yeah, um, it looks like kind of look like the blunderbuss just because of the spray. But I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, it's, it's not that. It's it's definitely a rifle shaped one. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's one of the. It's a rifle one that looks like it shoots spread ammo. And also, he's using a magical item which we won't find until much later or encounter until uh, next episode uh, called the Augur of Ebrietus. Yes. Yep. Which is, even that name is new to us. <laughs> yes. At this point. So let's not talk about Ebrietus just yet. Whoops. Okay. Um, I no, will, no, no, so, no. So you didn't don't... talk about, I didn't, I didn't mean you have to cut out the name. I'm <laughs> okay, just saying cool. like, just uh, the, I think names are fair game, but like okay. that, that will end up being an important thing. Yes. Um, when um, we find it. But what this means is he is a person who can um, do what looks like summoning uh, tentacles to attack you at a distance. Yeah. Use magic. Yeah. Um, essentially. And the other kind of twist of this fight is he's joined by a buddy. Yeah. Um, the Madman's Escort, <laughs> which is a great name for a boss. Um, <laughs> who shows up with a big hammer to kind of I mean, I mean if, if you're going to be an escort, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got him off of Craigslist spelled with a Y and an E at the end for, yeah. for 1,000 kisses. <laughs> Called it Madam Insanity <laughs> at her. Um, so yeah, the, the, this, uh, the escort only appears after you weaken the, uh, the Forgotten Madman substantially um, and uh, uh, joins in the fight. He's got the, uh, the, the hammer, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the gravestone hammer, and uh, yes, the Kirk hammer. There we go. And uh, uh, makes life pretty hard for you. Like a dual type fight like this, especially with another hunter, is always going to be difficult. And now you're getting two of them, especially when you're not expecting it. Um, it's going yeah. to it's going to get up under you. Have you guys seen where he actually comes from? Because anytime it's happened to me, like I've tried to look, scroll the camera around to see if he spawns from somewhere, if he just literally spawns. But I I haven't seen anything that. Prove it one way or the other. I have not. I wonder if they're left for deading him and just popping him in wherever you're not looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. That would be a bummer if they did that, but it's possible they did. He, they could just make him rise from the floor. Yeah. You know, in the in the, the other Mad Men, Mad Ones uh, kind of animation. Yeah. I mean, just speaking of that, Batman, the, the latest Batman Day game does some of that stuff so well. Oh, God, the, yeah. Like, that's, oh, man. That's so easily good. the best part about that game. <laughs> easily. Yeah, it's so much fun. <clears throat> Um, that is on you. That's on the way, Gary. Thanks. Then, then I can we can talk about Batman. <laughs> we can do our, do our Arkham Knight, Arkham Days, and Arkham Knights podcast. Watch um, out for Batarangs. <laughs> yeah. Um, watch out for Firebug. Some would say the greatest Batman villain. He's the, in the game. Uh, he's in the game. He? <laughs> yep. God, he, he was, he's the worst part of Origin. Batman, <laughs> Arkham Origins. Well, real quick, um, the, the last thing about the Forgotten Madman is that, and we we didn't mention this with the uh, Keeper of the Lords either, but this is. Meeting these two bosses both open up their armor set for purchase in the inside shop. Yeah. Oh which is, yeah. Yeah, which is which is really cool because the bone ash set that you get from the Keeper of the Lords has the highest fire resist out of the entire game, and then um, the Madman set just has snakes hanging all over it, which is very <laughs> cool. <laughs> but, but it will it will interfere with your uh, with any weapons that you have. Actually, like it'll clip through it, which really bums me out. 
Yeah, yeah. that's kind of a Souls thing. That like that yeah. all of the Souls games have those weird clips, yeah. clipping issues. Yeah. <clears throat> you mo- you mostly use that armor to stop snakes from attacking you because why would a snake attack an armor made of snakes? It'd be an empty gesture. Uh, <laughs> Man, that would make that would make the uh, Forgotten Woods or the Forbidden Woods or whatever so much easier uh, <laughs> if that was true. <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting to that pretty soon. <laughs> No, oh, I forgot you haven't done that yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's no, fine. no. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, I was more saying, like, ugh. Because I, <laughs> I, like, I like that area, but God, is that that area, that part of it a slog. Um, <laughs> yeah. On to, uh, to layer three here. Yes. Layer three. Yep. Um, this is really trappy. Mm-hmm. Um, so even down to enemy traps. So there's a guy manning a cannon in a long room, a very dark room where it's hard to see him at the end. Yeah. Um, that can, uh, if you're not at full health, can very easily one-shot you. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of have to rush him. That's like right in the middle of an area that doesn't have very many enemies. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they keep this area, this area kind of clear and there are lots of treasure around that room to tempt mm-hmm. you into picking up things while you get shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's just manned by a, by a regular dragling. So you can get up there and, and then take them out. So you have easy pickings. Yep. Um, there's the guillotine traps that come, that fall down, which are new. Yep. Um, the one one shot you, but that are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh shit. Well, then, yeah, there's that. Um, we also run into shops here yep. uh, or a shop here, which is the first time. And this can kind of happen, um, in random gen- dungeons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is a bath messenger one. And this is important because not only does it allow you to restock, but it also sells the defiled lower Fumerian chalice, I believe. Hmm. Um, you I get think it's a chalice. The one sinister there. one, right? Not the defile. Yeah, yeah, the sinister one. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, you can buy a unique chalice here, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So yeah, this you is. You can also spend way too much money on blood vials and bullets because it's the prices are way jacked up compared to normal. <laughs> yeah. It's a hazard fee. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they know you need it. Do you know yeah. how much it costs to ship to the inner tombs? Yeah, exactly. It's all like all the money is in logistics. Um, <laughs> but there's all this blood just laying around. Well, you know, blood, blood everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Yeah, exactly. It's like salt blood. Yeah. Or that's all salt blood. You need to find desalinated. <laughs> so the boss of this area, also another fantastic fight. This is a little bit like a mod of the, uh, of the Thumerian uh, that we fought before. This is the Thumerian Elder. It this actually reminds so me of a boss awesome. we're not going to run into for a while in the main game. Yeah. But it reminds me of a, a critical path boss or non-critical path, an optional boss from the main game. Yeah. Uh, they, this is great. This is really, really good. Yeah. So he looks similar to that boss. He still has like the red cloak and the crazy face. But um, at a distance, he will pull out this uh, glowing, fiery, uh, what appears to be like magically manifested um, uh, crossbow to shoot mm-hmm. you. And even when you get close, he's attacking with this kind of like gigantic scythe or sickle, kind of like a Lautrex uh, weapon. Uh, what's that called? I can never remember the name of it. Oh, the uh, 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 oh, oh, crap, the thing that goes through shields. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. People, people are freaking out. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe I used this weapon for so much for my Karmic Justice build. Uh, <laughs> Must Google. <laughs> Because it has a weird name, like it's weirdly pronounced, but I can't remember it for the life of me. This is this is ridiculous. Hold, hold on. Like this is this is some of our worst work. Um, I put in a marker. Don't worry. Okay. No, I, I I almost think this should just stay in because this is. Uh, I got it now. Uh, a showtel. Okay, there we go. The showtel. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's always called it a shuttle or a showtel, yeah. but everyone else has it weird. So. <clears throat> well, we couldn't come up with it off the top of our head, so we're frauds. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm reducing yeah. your Patreon contributions. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, um, yeah. So he uses kind of uh, this sickle showtel 
thing. But his he does these like wire foo moves. Mm-hmm. Like when he's doing that, he does these kind of like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like flying across the room shit mm-hmm. to get you with it, which is really, really fun that you can actually interrupt. Yeah. Um, and when you do yeah. that, that's that's super fun. Like this guy is very fun to parry. <laughs> so is and the he previous teleports theory. too. He's so much fun when he starts teleporting around the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not too much more to it. Like he is just a very cool. This is a great boss. Yeah. It's a good. It's a duel. Like this is where they hit a lot of the duel fights is in the, uh, the mm-hmm. labyrinth um, or in the chalices. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have the uh, design works for Dark Souls 1, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the uh, concept art for the Pyromancer class? One of them was like a really old dude with the cane. That's what this reminds me of is that, oh. that original design for the Pyromancer. Because like he's always hunched over on that cane and using the weapon in the other hand. Like it's, It just really reminded me of that when I was playing through it again today. And I, don't know, I really like this boss. Like I went online and tried to find anything else I could about him, and there's literally nothing out there for him. <laughs> Yeah. So. No, like that's the thing too. Like I've complained in the main game about like, oh, this beast is just another member of the church. Like these bosses are all fun fights mm-hmm. we've been talking about, but up until the end of the Chalice Dungeons, there's not lore behind them. Like there's not story behind this guy. Yeah. He's not a specific Thumerian elder. He's just an old guy from Thumeria you're fighting. Um, which is kind of a bummer if it wasn't such a good fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the that's kind of the like the whole thing about the chalices, though, right? <laughs> like, there's no yeah, reason exactly. for these like, things except except to be fun to fight. Like, it, like chalices is all fights all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, do you guys fun think fights. we'll see anything like this in a Dark Souls three? Anything like what? Like a, the chalice dungeons? The, the chalice dungeons. Um, I think there'll be some other wrinkle, but every single Souls game has had some new, weird, unique wrinkle. Mm-hmm. So I like to hope that it'll be yeah. something that we can't even figure out at this point, you know, yeah. that we don't know what it'll be. <clears throat> um, I would be curious. I want to know, you know, when the Bloodborne Design Works book comes out, you know, after they do the DLC and everything, I want to know what the creators of the game, how they look back on chalices, Yeah, you know, because there's mm-hmm. an interview in the um, in the guide, but it doesn't have that kind of reflective element. Yeah, it's looking chalices. forward, not looking back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they think that they are, if they consider them to be a success or not. Well, they're constantly tweaking them. Yeah, that's true. Which uh, either bespeaks, you know, care or regret. Um, <laughs> either of which are fine. <laughs> yeah, both, both of which are fine, too. Like, And the thing with Chalice Dungeons, and I've said this before, is like, if I consider them a bonus, mm-hmm. like, oh, it, it would, you know, Bloodborne is a very beefy game, even without these. If if I consider them just as like here's some extra stuff, I like them. Yeah. If they were mandatory content, I would think it was the worst content in the game, though. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that experimentation should be, if not rewarded or lauded, at least acknowledged. And yes. I, you know, lo- even looking at it as a bonus and looking further beyond that, if these are concepts, if these are designs, if these are even boss fights that we otherwise would not have gotten to see, I'm happy that we got to see them. It's only regrettable that they are kind of packed in such a repetitive package. If, if this is if this is phase one, I cannot wait to see phase two, because I think like if this is their first effort and they're going to refine this over, say, Bloodborne 2, like that, that would be I would, I'm still into it. Like, I like the concept. I just don't quite gel with the execution so much. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of it for our first wing of, of Chalice Dungeons. We'll be hitting this two more times sprinkled throughout the season along with our other special episodes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's Chalices. Uh, Jeremy, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, bud.
no problem. Thank you guys for having me so much. This was this was a really fun time. Yeah, it's always so great yeah. having you. Yeah, we don't mean it. We're not necessarily kicking you off or anything. I just wanted to say thanks for having us on the uh, oh for being on the Chalice Dungeon episode. Well, again, I, I really enjoy doing the show. So thank you very much for having me, and it's always a pleasure. Where uh, where can people find you around the internet? You can find me on Twitter at J-G-G-R-E-E-R. Um, I also have a YouTube channel under Not ECEC where I put up Dark Souls videos, Bloodborne videos, and even videos of games that aren't made by From Software. <laughs> and then um, if you just have a thing about Dark Souls and foul language, you can find me at darksoulshaters.tumblr.com. Um, that's where I collect all of the hate mail from Dark Souls games that I and many other people get. So come by, give me a follow, or say a like, or a reblog, or a comment, <laughs> or... I don't know any other social media terms besides those. Can you dig me on something? I don't, I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Come, come in can, and say can hi. Can you try me? Can you try me real quick? I'll give you, uh, um, I'll give you some Zanga coins. That's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll hit you up with an LO buck. Um, <laughs> my, uh, the, uh, my ICQ number is 45623. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, uh, uh, the thing about that blog is it is a lot of, terrible language and terrible people who are on display but it's interesting uh, anthropologically oh yeah <laughs> like it is almost like a monster zoo of just like <laughs> you know the worst of the community which like you know th- i feel very good about the community in general but it is also useful to have this kind of uh, quarantine <laughs> zone of shitheads um that you uh, provide so thank you for being the shithead zookeeper that we need <laughs> uh, yeah the- <laughs> The most recent post, and um, you guys can bleep this out however you want to to make it funny, but uh, the most recent post has a sentence in it saying, Welcome to my block list, you useless, no talent, trailer trash, motherfucking cunt hole. Yeah. Which Ooh. gives you a pretty good idea of what you're going to find on the site. <laughs> <laughs> and, and keep in mind, though, like the thing that is always amazing, and that I feel like there should just be a, like a flashing sign that reminds people of this when they're reading the blog, is that that was in response to something that happened within the boundaries of Bloodborne. <laughs> like, the, yeah. imagine. <laughs> the worst thing that could happen to you that's within the boundaries of the video game Bloodborne and that inspired that kind of vitriol <laughs> like, like yeah. the, no, you know, it was, was it a hacker? No like it, it was somebody using a weapon the guy didn't like it's unreasonable <laughs> Um, yeah, so what, uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? Next time we are doing the uh, Forbidden Woods, and we are going to be joined uh, by Bob Mackey of Retronauts and of usgamer.net Yeah um, I am looking forward to that. Bob requested this this area specifically, so and it is it is a good one. yeah. So uh, and there'll be a long episode. It's a big area, mm-hmm. um, I think. And then uh, after that, we have more stuff planned, um, more special episodes, more uh, more plot stuff. We will get to the the you know no spoiler point at some point. So people who are frustrated about us not talking about this mysterious Abritus mm-hmm. will eventually you know uh, be redeemed. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to uh, help out the show, you can head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating or a review. It's been a little while since we had one of those, yeah. and that's always appreciated. It helps people uh, learn about the show, gets us up in the iTunes rankings, mm-hmm. makes us one of uh, what's hot, mm-hmm. um, which I like feeling hot rather than not, <laughs> and, and uh, it just helps 
get the show in front of more people. Yeah, we're, we're up there in the rankings right now, which is cool. Um, if you would like to support us more directly, and iTunes is a great way to do that. But, uh, you know, monetarily, if you have a couple of bucks kicking around, and we totally understand if you don't, times are tough. But you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, and there you can uh, pledge a certain amount per month and get some rewards. We're incredibly appreciative of everybody who chooses to support us that way. It does help us um, in in ways that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes are not directly apparent. But, um, you know, we're talking offline about something kind of cool possibly coming up. And it's only it's only possible thanks to your help. Yeah. And if uh, if you don't have a dollar, you don't have iTunes and everything, uh, if you want other people to know about the show, um, you can tweet about it or blog about it or tell other people about it. If you don't even like that, if you don't even want to do that, you don't want to do anything, you just want to listen, that's also okay. Yeah. Um, we, still, we still appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Just about. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else can they, uh, what should they do until next time, Cole? Um, they should seek misery so the blood might be sated. And we all pray that we will have far more soon 